you're Karun, you're living in uh, London, is that correct? That's right, yeah, yes, yeah. So, Been here so for about 34 years now. Oh, almost a local. Yeah, yeah. So um, tell us about your story. I hear it's quite amazing how you got involved with the Path of Bliss. Yeah, um, it, it started, uh, well, really in my previous life. I won't go into the, all the reasons for uh, for that, but it was with uh, Krishna, so that's... Um, and it was sort of rehabilitation from what I must, must have been some terrible things that I'd done in a previous life as a yogi. Um, and at the, about the time, it was either when Krishna left or I died, I realised that one of the things that he had always said is to find that Krishna or Taraka Brahma within yourself. And I, I, I think this is something that he said to a lot of people at that time. And as I presumably died, or it may have been when he went off to the Mahabharat, which he was 60 when he did, um, that I realised I hadn't done that. So really there was no reason to come back in another life until Taraka Brahma was here again, and that was Baba. Um, when I was born, um, it was... My, my early life was extremely blissful. I, I think my first great spiritual experience is when I was about probably about one year old. I, I know I was only just standing up. I couldn't really walk around. We were standing on the road outside the house and the trees were sort of whooshing in the wind. And suddenly the whole universe opened up and I could see the interconnection of everything in this, this entire universe. And it was extremely blissful. And this sort of thing happened a lot during my early years, uh, but sort of in diminishingly uh, amounts as the world sort of intruded in on me. Now, when I was about two or three, uh, my parents were greatly amused because I'd, I'd be outside talking for hours on end to my imaginary friends. And they were called Father Bear and Panda Bear. And Father Bear was Krishna. Um, who, by the way, was an extremely ordinary-looking person like Bubba, but amazing personality, you know, that sort of great projection. So I, would, I think the conversations were mainly one way. But, so it was me communicating with Taraka Brahma in the form that I knew, which was Krishna. Uh, but I, I don't know why I called him Father Bear, but, and then his friend was Panda Bear, and that was, it was another Murti. Uh, so it was kind of like it was, it was just me talking to Taraka Brahma, but uh, in the, the old form of my previous um, initiation and the new initiation that would come to be. Now, that's, so my life sort of, um, you know, skipping forward some years, it uh, became, um, you know, increasingly sort of troubled and upset because, you know, the, the bliss was sort of reducing. But this is all part of the process of getting into into a life. But, you know, I wasn't born into what you'd call a spiritual family or onto the spiritual path, and that was part of my, presumed rehabilitation from whatever terrible things I'd done. Now, um, so going forward, um, uh, you know, I sort of left school and had a career in advertising for about five years and in the army for a couple of years and travelled the world for about another year and a half. And by that stage, I was really looking for some meaning to my life. And I ended up in London for a year, took a lot of drugs and did all that sort of thing and had a 
couple of spiritual experiences with that. Uh, you know, like the, the whole world, op- the, the universe opened up and there was the whole Brahma, you know, and I was with another friend doing the same thing in, in the grotty old streets of London in 1973. And we thought, well, there's nothing more we can do but go off to Tibet and join some Buddhist monastery as if that was ever going to happen, you know, <laughs> with this sort of decadent lifestyle. And eventually, um, the end of 74, I went back to Melbourne where I'd started and uh, my cousin, Bhaktivirya, uh, this is just before Christmas 74, and he'd just been initiated and he came to Melbourne to visit us. And uh, he said, oh, I've just had... Um, you know, this uh, yoga group I've just joined and he explained a bit about it. It sounded a bit weird to me because I think he got it a bit wrong. You know? <laughs> I don't think he was too familiar with what it was all about in those days. But I thought, oh, okay. But, I mean, I've seen all of these yogis and so on. I thought they were all frauds and uh, charlatans, you know, all the different groups that were around at the time. And I just n- not impressed at all. So he said, look, there's an Acharya here, you know, a teacher in Melbourne at the moment, so he can come and give a talk at the house you're living in. Now, at that stage, I was living in a house with all these radicals who were like gay activists and occultists and drug dealers. And it was just a, and the house looked like something out of the Adams family, you know, this sort of Gothic mansion which we were all living in. And it was just like a party house. And so uh, one of the uh, guys, Auntie Joan, who was called, he was this gay activist and he, did the room up beautifully for the Sacharya to come and visit us. So this was Dada um, Sharp. Uh, you probably remember Dada Sharp. Um, yeah, yeah, from Italian Dada. He he just got out of prison in 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 Calcutta. He was walking down the street, and Bubba was walking along with his group of people, and Bubba was looking at him the whole time. Uh, but the people were between them, but the, the, the Bubba's gaze on him never faltered, you know, it was never broken. So he, he went along and sort of immediately went to whole time of training. Now, he was a great radical and he'd, he'd been a, a member of some gang in Italy before he was uh, in prison in, in, in India, presumably drug smuggling or something like that, was, I presume is why he was there. So anyway, he came along and gave us a talk and... He said to the, he had an LFT with him and he said to the LFT as they were going in, he said, we might have to fight for our lives to get out of this place alive. <laughs> so he was sort of, but um, so we sat, he sat down and he started talking. He was, he was a wonderful revolutionary, you know, and this was the sort of talk that he gave and we were all most impressed by this. And there was one woman with, in our group who was in, um some sort of occultist, and she said she, when he was sitting there talking, she could see a small, round, sort of short man floating above this Acharya's head, sort of controlling the talk, you know. <laughs> so, that, so we, we did. Uh, say again? I wonder who that could be. <laughs> yeah. So we, we were most impressed, particularly because all this revolution talk, you know, and... Um, so I, I, I'm not sure if it was the next morning, but it was uh, it was New Year's Day, and so that's the first of January '75. I went along to the Jagrati, and I, you know, to get initiated because you know, as soon as he started talking, I knew this is my life. You know, there was wasn't a shadow of a doubt. This is what I will do for the rest of my life. And um, so I went along, and he said, oh, "I can't initiate you today. It's a holiday." <laughs> 
the yogis have holidays, but uh, I said, come back tomorrow. And uh, yeah, so I went back tomorrow and he initiated me. And I, I just driving away from that after the initiation, I realised that my whole life had changed. It was like I had taken control of my own destiny, you know. And um, I, I knew nothing about it. I hadn't, you know, Jama and Niyama or any of this sort of stuff. And, you know, obviously Dada explained about I have a guru now. And he said, well, you can come on Sunday and we'll have this Jama Chakra, you know, this sort of group meditation thing. And I thought, oh, okay, that sounds interesting, I think. And the Jagwati had the walls in the Dharma Chakra room were painted in this sort of burnt, brilliant, bright burnt orange colour, you know, so it was pretty sort of trippy looking. And um, we, we, uh, it was Auntie Joan and I went along and he, he was sort of dressed up like some sort of gay samurai and I think I was wearing a T-shirt and sarong and so on. And we went in and everyone was dressed in white. I don't know why, Gianta was there and about two or three other people when we arrived. They were all, all blonde-haired and white clothes and... I said to Joan, I think we've died and gone to heaven. <laughs> oh, they're angels. You know? <laughs> they look so perfectly. They look so clean <laughs> and shiny. And, uh, yeah, well, Jayad always looked that way. But anyway, um, yeah, so that, that was kind of that. And I stayed on in Melbourne and I still, still stayed in that house for some time. And um, uh, Bhaktivari had just gone off to, to LFT training and uh, – when he came back and saw I was still in, still in that house with all these disreputable people, he, he thought, oh, you know, he thought I was damned and doomed. You know? <laughs> so and he went off to Perth and uh, didn't see him for some years. But um, uh, I had a number of experiences in, in that house, you know, doing sadhana there. And, um, you know, most of the people started off doing sadhana, but, um, you know, everyone was very inspired by this acharya. And um, eventually it all sort of, you know, got a bit out of hand and um, I won't explain too many of the experiences of Bubba getting really angry with me for doing things, but, you know, it sort of come to me in my sadhana and, uh, and uh, yeah. Anyway, it was, eventually I went up. Yeah. Well, uh, well, there was one time. Okay, well, I'll tell you this one story. It was... Um, pretty much stopped taking drugs by that stage, well, as soon as I was initiated, although there was one time they someone came along. I had taken a lot of LSD in London and uh, they said, oh, I've got this really good LSD. So, oh, no, I don't do that anymore. But, so uh, it's really good stuff and, well, all right, just, you know, just this once. Big mistake. And um, so we were sort of sitting there and this fellow, this guy, Auntie Joan, who was a very psychic person as well, he and I were sitting there together, you know, it, it, I just couldn't get control of my head and I thought, I'm going to go mad, I can't hold on to this any longer. So I said to Auntie Jane, look, our lives haven't been very good, let's let's just leave our bodies, you know. And so we sat down and started doing sadhana and we both came out of our bodies and we are sort of floating in the room there and I'm sort of thinking, now what? And then Bubba appeared to me and he said, you you can't get liberation yet. You've still got a lot of work to do. Oh, he said. He said you'll have to reincarnate. And he looked. Over, he sort of looked over to where I was sitting on the floor, and I looked looked back, and there I was on the floor. I looked sort of dead, except for a dark red glow in my Anahat chakra. He said, "Well, you have to reincarnate. 
that body there looks perfectly fine. Why don't you use that one? <laughs> Great sense of humour, Papa had, you know. And uh, so as soon as he said that, boom, I was back in the womb and went through the whole experience of being born again, you know, which was I remember being born the first time and it was pretty traumatic and that was also, you know, but I, I kind of felt like I'd been reborn into a whole new life. But, um, yeah, and then there was another time I... My previous, like two or three lives ago, I, I must have been, I believe I was a fairly advanced yogi who went right off and started using occult powers for negative purposes. So this was a big sort of problem. And I started having all this occult awareness again, probably because of all those, you know, taking all those drugs before, you know, you, you probably remember all the people used to have all these symptoms from the occult symptoms like bouncing up and down doing sad and all this sort of stuff. So I, I sort of became aware that I could, um, you know, I could see things and so on. And I thought, well, there was, I won't go into the details of what I wanted to do, but it was something quite benevolent. I wanted to put an idea in somebody's head. And so I sat down and started doing sadhana and visualised this person's numerological grid to get into their head. As soon as I did this, Bubba came into my head and he, he was very angry and he said, you know, he slapped me, he kind of slapped me sideways and I sort of fell sideways on the floor and, you know, I, I've forgotten what, what he said. It was something pretty terrible anyway, was, you know, about what I'd done. So I was, you know, generally speaking, I was pretty scared of Bubba <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, it was early 76, I went up to Sydney. This is when we had the, the, the office was in Queen Street, Newtown. You, you, I remember you, you were there. And um, it was a great time, you know, and I, I spent that whole year just doing sadhana and reading Bubba's books. And uh, by the end of that year, I was, you know, I wanted to be an LFT, but I, I knew that I would, I didn't really want to go to the training. I'd done, you know, I'd, I'd sort of done enough training and like army training and so on. And so Abhi Devananda was our, you know, was um, in SS at the time. And he said, okay. So he, he, he sent me down to Canberra. This is soon after you'd been there. It was you, you were there and then, um, uh, Ranjan Ananda was LFT there and then I took over from him and um, I think you were still, I think at this stage you were, you were, were you fasting then in the, in the caravan near the... Outside the High Commission. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I mean, all those those demonstrations we used to do, you know, those demonstrations and everything else, I thought they were, they were great fun, you know. I mean, you, you were just sitting there starving in a caravan. But we were sort of doing all of these, uh, you know, sort of making a lot of noise. And it used to wind up the Indian uh, High Commission people why didn't they just ignore us, you know? <laughs> they, they, you know, they, they insisted on the, getting the, you know, the, the federal police to come and control us and all this sort of stuff. But anyway, that's another whole story that went on for some time. But uh, anyway, that was, that was a lot of fun. Actually, just um, on, that, on that, the High Commissioner, yeah. one of the demonstrations, I was watching it from my tent where I was doing the fast, and he lost his tent. Yeah. The police actually had to refrain him because he's trying to attack parties, <laughs> and he is the one who's been... Yeah. Uh, by that stage, I, um, you know, all my friends and so on were going off to whole-timer training, and I, I had to decide whether I wanted to do that or not, and um, 
Um, I thought, no, I've, y- you know, uh, uh, I've been in organisations before, like five years in a really slick advertising agency and a couple of years in the army, and I've said, but no, I've had enough organisations. So, you know, anyway, um, yeah, moving on, it... Um, First time, I, you know, I'd got married and had children uh, by 78 and um, I didn't have, you know, I, I couldn't really just go off to see Bubba when he was in prison and when he came out, as you know, he didn't come to Australia. They didn't give him a visa, typical Australian government. And um, so it wasn't until 84 that I got a chance to go to India to see Baba. Now, as you'll remember, they had the blacklist there and we knew that all the names, all the Margis were on the blacklist and I should have changed my name. But then for some reason, you know, we used to get these, uh, uh, you know, ideas would come around and it was everyone said, oh, no, they're not using the blacklist anymore so you can go to India. So I did, and I got to, to Bombay Airport, and I was, you know, refused entry, which was very traumatic. And, and I'm, I'm sitting there in the airport waiting to be deported back to Singapore, and there was a guy there in the distance, and he looked like Bubba. If it was a real person, it wasn't Bubba, but it was kind of amazing. So it just reminded me how, how close I was, but wasn't going to happen, you know. Uh, so it was two years later I finally, you know, I changed my name and got a new passport. Uh, so it was 86 and Bubba's in Lake Gardens at the time. Um, and I went with, you know, going along to see him and get, or maybe get PC, hopefully. And there was, there were just three of us there. And this is the day after I'd got there, and they say, "Oh, you might have to wait for ages." And so this the 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 dear who was organising it give us a test. So he said, do you all know 16 points? Yes, of course we know 16 points. We've been doing them for like, a you know, a decade or more. What are they? And the three of us together couldn't figure out what the 16 points were because, you know, you kind of you read a lot of Boba books at first and then we sort of got a bit distracted from that. And we had trouble even putting together Jama and the Armour, <laughs> the 10 points of Jama and the Armour. Anyway, so... It's after that I'm kind of straight in, uh, in front of Bubba, you know, no waiting, no no, no cues or anything. And, um, you know, down on the floor and did stung pranam and, uh, you know, sort of sat up and he said, uh, oh, just come on, you know, come closer, you know. And he says, what's your name? And uh, the usual thing, Karuva. Karoo, what? I was so nervous I could hardly speak, you know. So he's sort of asking, oh, oh Karoon, oh. <laughs> you know what he, what he sounded like. I don't have to do the voice. And uh, and he said, oh, move back a bit so I can see you properly. And he's kind of looking up and down my chakra, <laughs> my chakras, and he says, ah, oh, such a good little boy, but, but why have you done these terrible things? And... I'd sort of heard that he might say, you know, say, bad boy, I've done this or that. And people will say, don't, don't confess to anything because he might be looking at something else. <laughs> so don't, don't give him something else to be angry at you about, you know, like children, you know. And uh, so I didn't answer, but um, um, yeah, and he, he said, you know, come closer. And um, uh, he, he put my head down and he was sitting up on his bed, 
thing and uh, he put my head down on, on just in front of him and he's rubbing my head and he's saying in a rhythmical way saying Barbara loves this little boy and it was just absolutely mind-boggling and just sort of blew the mind as they say and he then he patted me on the back a couple of times it wasn't it, wasn't, it was like tap tap you know like behind my Anahat chakra sort of adjusting something and he got his stick and sort of just tapped me on the side and that was pretty much it but I I was you know coming out you know as everyone says you come out of that and you you feel that your life has completely changed and and I, I, I was very aware that he had rearranged my sanskaras and he presumably taken some away but I was more aware of the fact he'd rearranged them so that I could deal with him in a more sort of systematic way. And over the years since that time, there were there have been a few times when I've realised that something that's happened uh, was because of something he did during that PC. And, um, yeah, but, but then that was 86. Uh, I, I went back, I went to DMC, I think it was 87 and then again 88 uh, out of Tildula. Um, like you know, it's all a bit of a blur, really. But that's you know, that's that's the sort of experience you heard enough about. But it was it was wonderful. So uh, then, um, uh, I you know, I was always still all my life. I've been very aware of this finding Taraka Brahma within yourself. You know. But so I, that's why it, it, you know, I was never in a great hurry to go and see Baba personally. And then it was, you know, after doing this a few times, it was um, by 89 I'd moved back to London. In 1990 I was doing some project, AM project uh, that I'd been recruited to do, sort of coordinating some project. So I was travelling around the world a lot and... Um, so, I, I, you know, I got to see Bubba a few times. And then it was uh, July 1990, and uh, for the first time um, I was about to leave uh, Calcutta and I thought I'll give Bubba a garland. I'd never done it before. You know, I, to me it was always a little bit sort of over-the-top sentimentality or, or something like that, but I, re I, feel, I really wanted to do it that time and I also decided I've got to come and see him at least twice a year now you know I just can't live without seeing Bubba at least twice a year so I went down and got the garland and everything else and came up um, this is out at uh, Tildula and the, 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 I was going to be leaving in the morning so that evening he would you know twice a day he'd come out for a walk up on the roof because he wasn't very well and this time it was the evening and it was very late. It must have been almost midnight, I think. Uh, and he, he had been very late and he went up. So I think I was the only person waiting when he came down. And uh, I gave the garland to Keshavananda. You wouldn't put it on Bubba yourself at that time. So Keshavananda took that. And Bubba turned around and looked straight at me and did Namaskar. And it was such a shock that the power of that was so shocking. I, I gasped and I think I don't know if I actually jumped backwards or it sort of always blew me backwards. And uh, I thought, what an idiot. <laughs> I must look so, yeah. and, and he finished his namaskar and sort of turned and walked in. And I, I was thinking to myself, he must be thinking, 
this guy's a <laughs> real idiot, you know. But uh, so he went in, and that was the last time I saw him, you know. And uh, this was and 1990, then, wasn't it? In July. Yes, July 1990. Yeah. So that was only you know few, uh, what four four months I think before he died, before he left, and. When he when he did leave his body, I was actually in working in Colorado at the time, so I, I just and I didn't have the money available. It was just I couldn't get to to Calcutta, you know, for the funeral, which was unfortunate. But and um, but I wasn't that upset because you know I got in the car and drove up onto a hill in the Rocky Mountains overlooking the plains across Colorado. You know, and I was thinking if Bubba's leaving us now. It means that he thinks we're ready to take control of the mission ourselves, you know. And I, I felt quite, you know, sort of uh, quite good about that, really, you know, much as I was missing the fact that I wouldn't be able to see him anymore, you know, just after I got all of my years of fear and everything else and, and suddenly there, there he'd gone. So, yeah, but um, I'm still, you know, since then I've always been very confident that, you know, we're on track for establishing Sadhguru Samaj, um, and I've put a lot of thought into it. I mean, before I used to be mainly sort of active in Prout, you know, the Global Prout Policy Council and all those type of an under ideas, you know, things we used to do. But now I'm more interested in the neo-humanism because I think that's, you know, that's the key to Prout is neo-humanism. So. Um, Really, just in, in recent years, I've spent my time, you know, particularly now that I'm retired, not that I ever did much anyway in the work sphere, but um, so I've spent I spent my time writing now. Um, I, I wrote a book about, you know, explaining the Brahma Chakra cycle and all this and a bit about Prout and everything else, but I couldn't get that published. And people said, you know, that people don't want to read that sort of thing. So... Um, at the moment, I'm writing a um, science fiction book about the future, set like 200 years in the future, because as I see it, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are quite sort of um, uh, downcast about the, you know, the, the, the future of the mission. It doesn't seem to be happening. But it's, it, it, you know, Bubba, when Bubba used to say things like it, it's going to happen very soon, well, maybe it will, but to a person of that magnitude very soon could be another hundred years or so and um as i see it um the condition we're in now with uh, global warming yeah and uh uh yeah i, I anyway i think that's probably about all i need to say about that it, it, it will happen um later in this century but i think the sub samaj will be next century 